Podcast World, what's up? Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of the Foul Eye Podcast. Again, thank you all so much for the support. Please keep telling friends to subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Banded Brands. For all of your accessories, your waiters, your apparel, men's, women, youth, gun dog, anything that you need for your upcoming waterfowl season. If you're in a bind, check them out at banded.com. They have everything we entrust in them. Number one waiter in the waterfowl industry, plus so many other great designs. Innovation is what Banded is all about. Today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Honey Break Lodge, Louisiana. For your true destination of a waterfowling experience, you need to check out Honey Break. Book your hunt for the 2020-2021 season. Come down here and see what these guys like Drew Keith and Jared Moffat and the entire crew, including Miss Shelley in the kitchen, are all about. Not just great duck hunting, but camaraderie, campfires, music, and unbelievable cuisine. Come experience the Honey Break experience for yourself. And today's episode is brought to you, last but not least, by our friends at Jack Link's Jerky. For all of your high-protein energy snacks, check them out. From the new Cold Craft Series to the Dry Jerky to the Sticks, Jack Link's is the originator, the innovator, and they are the best in the world when it comes to supplying healthy snack alternatives. You don't need to go eat some of them sugar pies or them honey buns or whatever they eat down here in the South. You need to switch it up and have a little jerky once in a while. Today's guest, I'm excited for this, not not only do we have Jared Moffat back from Honey Break, but we have Drew Keith, who is the CEO of Honey Break in Louisiana. And we also have a great friend who's pretty much an adopted son of Honey Break. He's here more than pretty much anybody else in the country in a given year. Mr. Leith Lofton, a.k.a. Haas, reigning from Nashville, Tennessee, came down here. Went to um, He got up on the ridge that he'll tell you about looking for a deer, and he got to kill a couple ducks. Uh, what's the nickname of that ridge there? Oh, FY. <laughs> Big, Big Buck Ridge. <laughs> Big Buck Ridge. Leith, why, why, once you got a taste of honey break, why, why, why do you keep coming back? I just like the way Jared Moffat smells. <laughs> he just got that good uh, body odor that detracts me. I just keep coming like a buck in Mar- heavy rut. Mar- heavy rut. Essence of duck. Yeah. <laughs> What is it, though, for real? Is it Miss Shelley? Is it the squirrel we ate yesterday? Is it the duck? It can't be the hunting all the time. I mean, you, you oh, don't no, have I a come, bad hunt here. I come down here in the off season just to hang out. I, I like Shelley. That's my baby. She, uh, yeah, she she gives me. She keeps you in line. Yeah. She gives me my quota of uh, good old belly hugs. She can't quite reach around my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hits me around the hip. Yeah. Hip hugs. Hip hugs. Jared, why, uh, do, why do y'all like having Lee down here? Is he just one of the guys, or do you guys? Bet, well, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Leith, um, he's pretty lucky. He brings a lot of good luck. We always need luck. Luck's better than skill, and that's one of the first things. One time he said, he said you kill them all the time. I said, I'm just lucky. Very Real lucky. lucky. And he seems to be pretty lucky himself. I always get lucky. <laughs> when when Drew. <laughs> I think no. that I think that Jared's onto something though. There, everywhere Leith goes, we usually have pretty good dang luck. Well, I mean, not very much in Canada this year, but I think that was my well. I'm not Canadian, uh, <laughs> but these boys, Louisiana and Mississippi, we kind of have a little close bond. That's right. So you're saying that because really? of the bloodlines that run down here is where <laughs> is what's going on here. Feel pretty at home down here. So does Kenny, huh? Tell us Ken, the Kenny well, trail camera story real quick. <laughs> I think Kenny got lost one time, and he called me and said, where 
said, where are you? I think I walked up on Foster Reed Road. I said, where, where, where'd you leave from? I'm baiting. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking for him one night or one morning. He was out, uh, went out behind the kids' camp. He was walking down the lake bank. Man, he found all kind of stuff. Looking he? for arrowheads. I don't, probably, he, I don't know what he found. Man, did you know there was an old bus in the woods? <laughs> What was the story where he was on the property in Mississippi or something? And he, what did he find in the tree? Remember, he walked up on the. Oh, well, we were down at the at the uh, pond there, at the house, and <clears throat> I had my wife with me. We were just all down having family time, and uh, our, my little uh, nephew was down there. And my wife Stephanie, she looks up in the tree and she said, "There's a there's a fishing rod in the tree, <laughs> not a bait, the whole rod." My dad said, "Oh." I- I've been looking for that. <laughs> been up there about three months. He put it up there. The cows were out in the pasture. He didn't want the cows stepping on it, so he stuck it up there and instantly forgot where he put it. <laughs> Drew, it's one of them deals to where you get a lot of different people coming through here. Obviously, you meet a lot of cool individuals and a lot of people that you share a lot in common with. But like nights like last night, you mm-hmm. get to experience some. Um, I don't know, probably ten or twelve times a year here when you have a musician in camp. I don't know. Yeah. It might be low. It might be yeah. a little high, but. Something about Leith and the way he plays that guitar and picks the guitar, it gets you going, huh? That's right. That's right. I mean, he's uh, his stage presence to me is uh, the best there is out there. I mean, he just he, he just he puts everything into it, puts all his heart and soul into it, and, and I like good country music. So. I hear you singing it. If you had to pick one song, though, if Leith had to come into camp and he only got to play one, what would you have him play for your clients? Mm. That's a tough one, huh? That's a tough one. He wouldn't let me go with one. No. No. <laughs> He got to sing for a well, second. Okay, you get three. <laughs> I'm going to say it would be uh, 50 years too late. One. Coast is clear. Two. And that third one would be because what kind of got me liking him was uh, the wingman. But and uh, Ooh, that's a good. Uh, but and money dog. No, uh, you don't uh, like it. Money I do money like dog. that song. I'm going with whiskey, one whiskey away. It's my new I, favorite. That's, uh, I kind of like the treads of my, my good years. Oh, man. I was yeah. with him when he started this good year yeah. song. Yeah. Oh, these. Well, hey, Jared, you got a favorite? I like when the money's all gone. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you Figuratively speaking. The song. Yeah, the song. Not, not, <laughs> I mean, we're just talking hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> Jared said something yesterday about. Uh, I mean, I wasn't second guessing anything, but when you look at a weather report and it says 70 degrees with a south wind at six, seven miles an hour and rain and rain and mm. could potential thunderstorms, a duck hunter usually doesn't get jacked up. And Jared's optimism is like, man, if they get out in front of that and that south winds, they're going to be down there in that rice. It's going to push them back up here. And sure enough, we start killing ducks this morning and he goes over in the gullet and pulls out a bunch of rice. Mm-hmm. Um, how far is this rice that we're talking about from here? Mm. 10 miles. Just 10 miles. Yeah. And they just group up in it. When, when, mm-hmm. Why do they go to that rice? I mean, obviously to feed, but what keeps They're roosting them, in it. They're roosting in it. Yeah. This late in the season, there's still a lot of food left in these rice fields. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yep. So do you guys, you guys consistently know that you're going to get them on a day like today when the weather's going to be like that? What made you so confident that you would get them on a day? Because those are not good conditions. Because he studies them in day in and day out. I mean, it's, that's, he eats, sleeps, drinks, breathes it. He's on top of it. He knows what you're doing, what you're thinking, and that's just what he does. 
And he's pretty lucky. <laughs> it helps to be lucky. Did you know you were going to get him today like that for real? Oh, uh, yeah. We well, killed 42 in an hour. Uh-huh. I mean, quick, yep. too. Mallards, pintail, widge, and green wing tail, blue wing tail, jacks. Would have had some gadwalls. We, we would have had a couple gaddies, too. I mean, that's a mixed bag. Pretty right blue there. wing. Yeah. Pretty a fully eclipsed blue wing. I want to say it was like nine ducks going to the taxidermy. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think there was nine that went today. Artie took a bunch. He took a spoonie, he took two sprig, and he took that cotton top, and he took a green wing. That's pretty cool. What what was there something today that made you a little bit nervous though? Early when you didn't see much action, and we we heard a little bit of shooting. But did does that ever get you going to where like man, what's going on, or do you just stay calm and know that something's getting ready to go right? Uh, you just got to stay relaxed, stay calm. It's gonna happen on them days. I mean, uh, and knowing the property. I mean, we we there's. There's duck blinds and there's duck holes, and we were, we were in a duck hole. What's the difference? Well, duck, duck holes, you're going to shoot ducks no matter what the weather is. Duck blinds, you're going to have different winds, different situations, different – I mean, on a front day, just about every blind we got is good. Yeah. Duck holes, they've been, they've been genetically programmed to come there year after year after year after year. And how many of those do you have here? We don't like to disclose that. You don't? We've got a couple. you got just two? Yeah, we've got a few. So when you book a hunt here, do you request the duck hole? No, we uh we do real good on on rotating the blinds around. Yeah, They're like like the when we got out of there this morning, uh, another guy got in there and they had, I want to say, well, but from the time we left the boathouse to the time we got to the lodge, they had five, had a limit of pintails and five mallards, and then by an hour later, they they needed one more duck to have their thirty. Quick too. Yeah, that blind was hot today. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think that? This has been one of a. Is this year on average? Is it a strong year? Is is was today a typical day for this la, this season so far? Yeah, we've had a lot of days like we had today this year. It's been a good year. Though. It has it's been, been a, a good year. It's been a strong strong year day in and day out. I mean, you'd have a slow day here and there. Like yesterday was a little slower. It wasn't bad. It was just a little slower. But look what happens the next day. We needed we needed a. Uh, I mean, after last year, I mean, the birds were bad all up down the flyway. It was, it was our worst year on record, and like likewise for most other people. But uh, you know, then we had a flood that lasted until September. You know, we had four foot of water under the blind that we were hunting in this, uh, this morning in September. You know, you need to be growing grass by that time of year. Yeah. And uh, then all the damage that we had on the blinds and the roads and the levee systems and all that kind of stuff. So we really had to ramp up. We hired two extra guys to do uh, construction work on the on the roads and heavy equipment, and we had two extra crews we hired for just for the blinds. When a guy comes in here or a group comes in here, I don't know how many new hunters you guys probably get on average. I have no idea. But I know there's a lot of returning clients. We have a lot of returning clients. We have a lot of – this year, and it seems like the last couple of years, we've had we've had more first-timers. I mean, never been hunting before in life. Rent guns from us. Uh, I mean, everything. You know, had to teach them how to use the gun. And, do you find that a full group is new, or do you see guys that are returning bring new guys? Is that is that usually you, what's happening? Usually what happens, or historically – you know, a guy would book the whole lodge at an exclusive place, you know, and he would come as a guest. Then he would, just like today with Jimbo, you know, he, he's, he's I'm coming back next year, and we're I'm bringing a group. Uh, Troy said the same thing, you know. So they, when they come as a, they come with somebody, then they, they'll still do the. They might come back again with that group, but they're gonna book their own group too. And what I was going with that, Drew, is when a guy comes in here for three days, 
there's no way for them to get an idea or the full picture of how much work it takes to actually get a place like this ready for a 60 day duck season. No. 60 days is short time when it comes to the amount of hours that goes into it. Right. It's a full, it's a full year, year round job. Yeah. Right. We work, we start, uh, the day after the duck season closes on the, on the next year. I mean, it's, it's a, we always say that the key to a good hunting season is a better off season. So it's the, the I wish that the, the guides, you know, when they're when they're tipping, you know, the, the, a client's tipping a guide. It's, it's on that that performance they had for that day or that that two days they were here or three days they were here. And uh, I wish they could get tipped on the stuff that gets done in the off season because they they, they put in nine months worth of time to get this for they if they can enjoy it that that sixty days. Makes a lot of sense. You you mentioned Jim Jim Bob. Troy talking about Troy Link, president and CEO of Jack Link's Jerky, and then he brought some buddies that had bought a hunt that we donated through Honey Break and the Foul Life. You guys were gracious enough to help out raise money for Troy's foundation. It went for a lot of money. Artie and Jim Bob purchased the hunt at the charity event. Is that typical for you guys to get into that kind of interaction with clients, or is it something that? It takes the right personality because it seems to I talked to Jared about this yesterday. It wasn't five minutes before. I mean, y'all were just riding each other like a wet blanket. You know, I mean, it was rough. Like, and you, you had never met these three guys. No, but, uh, well, you can, you learn a lot about a, a person and, and we do a lot of business with our marketing company. Uh, you know, the campfire, we, we call honey break the Coliseum. So whenever you can, you can be in uh, corporate meetings and you can be on the phone, you can do emails and you can, you know, talk to people. But when you hang out with them in camp, uh, you, you see the, the truth in them. And, uh, and I could tell real fast that Troy was just a, a prankster and a jokester, and, you know, quick-witted. So, you know, you, you, you get what you get. <laughs> Did you, when he sent down that first order of jerky, was it something to where you're like, this is a little bit excessive? Or uh, Yeah, I mean, that's why I called you. I was like, it's like uh, yeah, Chad's like, did you get the uh, – we sent some jerky down. It's like, okay. Well, has you got it yet? No, let me check. I'm in the field. Let me check. I'm going to check. Well, I, I checked with the uh, staff, and they're like, um, we got a pallet of beef jerky up here. I said, excuse me? <laughs> pallet. <laughs> so I called Jed. I was like, is this for just the two days that y'all are going to be here, or is this for like the whole season? <laughs> when yeah. when you uh, – when you start thinking about the groups that come in and out of here, do you get, do you get a lot of them that are 100% booked by the time they leave here? Cause Jimbo, Troy and Artie all said that they right. wanted to book groups before they left. And is that typical? Cause 100%. it's not cheap to hunt here. No. It's not cheap. I mean, it's a commitment. That's is right. it, is it most of the time that uh, you guys are booked up with each group before they leave here again? Well, that's our goal is when he leaves here. That's our goal is when he leaves here, he says, hey, I want these days for next year. Most That's everybody, but when they, whenever they leave, they book the, they leave us a credit card for the booking their that next date, the same dates next year. So whenever we get the dates, they want the first weekend. They want the, the Monday after this first weekend. They want the Friday after the first one. So it's the same thing every year. And then we'll have a – we'll send out uh, invoices. And then, you know, some people, you know, whatever situations change. You know, a couple of years ago we had a big – we used to have to do a lot of stuff with the oil – companies and, and um, oil support companies they were entertaining a lot of clients here whether well, the oil dropped low and those, some of those guys paid it out but it offered the openings up for some other people to come in well, if it's the the place seems like it's so booked out but you still continue to to attend things like nwtf and shot and 
Honey Breaks more than an outfitting service. It's become a brand. Right. You don't really book hunts at these at these shows. No. You're just there for FaceTime and, right. and recognition with your clients or fans of the show, which is available right now on the Realtree 365 app, the Honey Break Experience. Um, you guys have a lot of partners involved in the show and the lodge, so I'm sure you're there shaking hands with them and whining and dining. Right. And so is that mainly what it is, is just FaceTime That's and it. making sure that you stay relevant? That's it. I mean, the uh, SHOT Show is kind of a necessary evil. You know that. I mean, it's... Uh, I hate that they put it during our hunting season, <laughs> right in the middle of this. You've got 20 degrees from the big front coming through. It's going to be 20 degrees Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and we're going to be at shots. Yeah, <laughs> so, crazy. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's meetings after meetings after meetings, working on partnerships for the next years or years to come. And, and uh, NWTF, NWTF in, in Asheville is kind of like a, uh, a family reunion. You know, we've been doing it so long. And, and um, I mean, when we first started going over there, we were the only uh, duck outfit that was there. It might have been one other one there. And now – I mean, you hear as many ducks and goose calls as you, as you do turkey calls over there just about. Oh yeah, it's a killer show. Is it is it one of those things to where? What if what if you somebody asks you to do something else that weekend? Is it a no way you're going to NWTF kind of deal? My daughter's birthday that weekend. Uh, we always do it either before or after. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it's just it's what it is. And I mean the energy though that our booth has. We split a booth, Honey yep. Break, the Foul Life. We split a booth. We have Leith run through there. Obviously, he heads up a bunch of guys that he he knows in 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 the Nashville area. I think it's just so cool that that networking there and the the lifestyle and the culture of what you guys do down here in Louisiana. What we get to experience when we come here and other places we get to go. But to have Leith and, and guys that he runs with and writes songs with in Nashville to come in there, it just always seems like that place where people flock to. And then we both team up and we throw the party and gal on, on Saturday night at Whiskey Bent down on Broadway, which Leith has been part of for I don't even know how many years. But it just it's just one of those things where you don't want to skip it. It's like if you did, you would really be missing something. Right, right. And, and I don't know if it's if – it's, I don't think that I don't look at NWTF like you're saying is a necessary evil like the shot show because right. the shot show is is just from eight in the morning until oh. ten at night you're just wound tight with meetings and dinners and after parties and and you feel like you have to be there because right. it's how business gets done. You wear a good pair of shoes. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's freaking like how many acres of guns and and hunting and stuff. It's an amazing layout. Leith, you're going this year, aren't you? Yes, sir. You uh you have yeah. uh you have a couple different gigs you're playing in Vegas. Yeah, Ukanuba, Ukanuba, Cryptech, Yep. You they, you've been doing the Cryptech one and the military deal for a long time. Chris yeah. Kyle and Foundation and all that. Yeah, they flew me out for their uh, launch party eight years ago, I believe it was. I remember that. That's in yeah. a big room at the Mirage or at Caesars. Remember? Yeah. And now where is it at Palms? Um, it, they've been switching it back and forth. Uh, it, it was at the Palms last year, but they're moving it back to the Mirage this year. But yeah, it's been at the Mirage a few years, which is convenient for me. That's where I stay. Right there at the, <clears throat> at the steel, at the heart of the heart of the strip. But yeah. it seems to me that you are, you're more at home playing in front of a crowd like you did last night than you would be anywhere else like i know that you can entertain a crowd of any size but that kind of crowd is what you what and i know everybody gets tired at duck camp but those kind of nights are special yeah i enjoy them it's just like you asked me why i like coming down here i mean it's <clears throat> coming down here is, is comfortable for me because these these boys right here were raised like i was raised um they we just kind of we're from different states but cut from the same cloth and um it's you know, you're around people that's like you. It's kind of why I like 
play in that setting because I mean it's just it's comfortable and it's it's how I was raised. I mean I I I grew up playing around the campfire at uh, trail rides and things, and I I just I just get more out of it. Yeah, I, I, those nights are special as heck. Like you have you have a lot of mem- memories that that you get to achieve during a season like you know when you hunt as much as we do but i think those are the most special nights where you get to sit down and enjoy somebody that has that much love and passion for songwriting and what you said drew is like the ultimate performer the stage presence and what what do we have to do you think i'm being for real i'm not just saying this on microphone again but what do we have to do to get people troy link is like where can i get that song where can i get that song i want that song he's on his phone going god you know that song's not on here and they were rocking out. I mean, when they heard Wingman, Jim yeah. Bob's like, I need that song. <clears throat> yeah. I think you can get Wingman on iTunes right now, can you? Almost. It's still not available. Almost. Lee Getting has close. a new album coming out in February of 2020. Yep. It was mixed and recorded and produced by Brandon Bell at Southern Ground Studios in Nashville. And it is going to be 13 songs. Mm-hmm. 13 yeah. songs that I cannot wait. Highly anticipated, huh? You guys excited for it? <laughs> Shelly's about to disown him if he don't get a CD. I know. He needs them. Jared, take coming. a moment and explain to me what that what kind of hunting we did today as far as what are those birds seeing from the sky and why does it work here? And what I mean by that is I'm curious to know the decoys are massive. The blinds are massive. Is that your style? Is that what? you know works down in this area could you do what we did today with 12 decoys out there tell me what we're no. experiencing and what kind and, and what the birds are seeing from up top and why it works so consistently here well i've always had a saying and i got it from my dad and my grandpa told me this when i was 17 16 years old he said you go big or you go home yep. and he said you let all them other boys run around talk about they got 12 blinds 15 blinds 10 blinds you got the best duck holes you have the duck holes the blinds you can go big and you'll kill more in that one alone than all 15 of theirs put together and we got them blinds like this on this place on this piece of property this dirt that you can consistently shoot limits of ducks daily out of them so that's just the way i look at it i'd rather go in there and just my opinion about it and do them right and put a lot of detail into them and shoot limits of ducks daily out of them yeah we're gonna have a slow day just like yesterday every once in a while but consistently if you put all that time into them and they look like we got them looking you're gonna consistently kill big numbers out of them and i mean i get lots and lots of texts every morning and it's it's me in the day that texts me that had two and we already had 42 what are, what are you what are you emulating what are you guys emulating what is what is that blind is it a cypress row what is that what is it trying to from I, a from a duck eye view we don't know it's just something they like about it and it's every piece it's, of property it's the old low it. in that field i mean that's why those trees are there it's the old low that's where they've been coming to for years so they're going to spot we i've got i've got the old grids before they cleared this farm in the late 60s and and uh up on the north end of the farm where they laser level before we got here and um had row crops and did rice fields and this that and the other you you could put that blind that pit blind that rice levy if it's not where that old low ran through that field at and it's, it, low's been gone for 20 years but those ducks still come back to that spot mm. so they're they've been imprinted <clears throat> imprinted imprinted there for years but, mm-hmm. what i don't understand we just looked up the lifespan of a duck because i was curious right. and it's like five to ten years right well that's that's, it's not ten, that that's ten years. That's it's, what I it's, know, it's, but it's, it's the I'm saying, but that, that hole's been gone twenty years. How, uh, 
I'm just telling you, they've been they've been that's, going back to that. That's crazy. Place. I know it's it's that's amazing. Because they lead other ducks in there that are younger mm-hmm. than yeah. them, the and them ducks are a year older, the and they the bring them in. It's it's amazing to me though, like the amount mm-hmm. that goes into that blind. I don't know if people really fathom it. What just the just the brush, just the brush, the, the construction, the brush, right. the that blind, that blind, the whole front wall was gone out of it this year from the wave action. That wa- that water was chest deep on me, in, where we were standing today, all gone. We had to get in there after the after water went down and rebuild it, and then we had to put the brush on it. Jared, you know, for years we'd go out there and fertilize the briars and vines around it, to you know, so we don't have to put as much brush, and had to start all over again this year. So with a blind like that, that massive of a decoy spread, what is the perfect day for you guys if you get to paint that picture with the meteorologist? What do you want? Bluebird, sun, and wind. North north wind. Oh, you mean any wind, but uh, preferably a north wind. You want a north wind with bluebird skies. If you're you're going to be real picky, you might as well say northeast wind. (laughs) With the sun at your back. Yeah. Is that your day, Jared? It is to to shoot mylers and pintails, but. You don't get much better than days like today when a low pressure falls out and it's a south wind and you've had a north wind and then it switches out to south and you get what I call a reverse effect. They come in in big numbers. When I reach to look at them in the, in the lodge in the mornings in the mudroom and I look at Cole and Madison and say, you ready to beat their brakes off? And they turn around and get on their four-wheeler because they know I know. Yeah. Yep, just like I told you yesterday. Most people yesterday that hunted here were are – even though you kill 28 or 30, it was you didn't see the ducks you've seen this morning. It's a man, it's not going to be a good day today. I've I think shot, I'll sleep I've in. I've shot more ducks in T-shirts than I've ever shot in a four-in-one parka. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the truth. <laughs> that is, what, one but of the it most- depends on what species you want to shoot. You know, I mean, on them cold northeast bluebird days, it's beautiful to watch them big pillars. Pentail mylers get in there right and tighten that sunshine and do it, and them mm. colors oh. is just popping and mm-hmm. everything. But it's also cool to watch ducks just like this morning. We didn't have one second we didn't look, and it wasn't a duck somewhere. It was, it was awesome. It was one of those days to where I'm like, man, I don't want to shoot jacks. And then, man, we might not have to shoot as many. <laughs> Whoa, damn, look at this. Pass and, on that, pass on that. Some of them widging today and the mallards, and I'm just like, they're really going to do this. They're really, you know, and it's obviously flaps up. You know, you don't want your skin shining, but they're really doing it. They're really doing it, Hoss. They're like, wow, we're not going to have to shoot a bunch of them, which, fine, it's sporty. But when those mallards do it like they were doing today and get right like that and you kill three or four of them right in the center of the hole with, mm-hmm. with feet up, the orange feet up, it's there's nothing like that. One of the biggest parts of this place, though, that's impressive, besides the blinds, the construction, the off-season preparation and work and the commitment by you guys and the guides crew and the every the whole there, – there's so many moving parts to this operation from the cooking to the cleaning and the plucking and I, the maintenance and the the – just the keeping these UTVs cleaned up. I was talking to Jared yesterday about how you, when you get into an operation like this, which is maybe one of the muddiest parts in the world, let alone America, and <laughs> you step, and you step into a UTV in the morning, and it looks like a, they just delivered it from the lot. That's saying something. I mean, that's that shows you guys what you want your clients to know in their mind of what they're getting ready to experience. Look at the time and the care and the dedication. Attention to detail. Attention to detail, because if you cut a corner on that Polaris, Chances are you cut a quarter on the blind. If you cut a quarter on the blind, you might cut a corner on safety. There's no corners cut here. Everything right. comes together because of that work. We decided a long time ago we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to uh, do it right. We're going we're going to control everything we can control. We can't control the ducks. We can't control the weather. But we're going to do everything in our power to make sure everything else is taken care of. So when that client, when you do have a bad day, 
they say, well, they, you know, can't say nothing about them. I mean, they had you know, a brand new Ranger, they had uh, boats, were, you know, nothing broke down on any of the equipment. Uh, he moved the mojo two or three times. He moved the decoys. Just, just one of those days. I mean, even last year, as bad as it was, <clears throat> we had we had clients saying this is the best trip they had all year. They'd gone to so and so, gone to so and so, gone to so and so. You know, didn't kill any ducks, but the effort wasn't there. You know, so. And one of the biggest commitments I see in Honey Break that people are so impressed with are the dogs. Leith, talk to me a minute about these. These dogs are constantly in the water. Mm. You're shooting a lot of ducks. One chance of several ducks in one go. You have they're brushed any, in. They can't see. They're brushed in, they can't see, so it's yeah. 100% of the handler in, in the off-season prep, which Jared won the yeah. amateur Super Retriever Series with a.k.a. Thor, but Storm this year. Storm. <laughs> Thor. But, That's a good name. And then they're doing anything from a 15-yard to a 60-, 70-yard retrieve, and a lot of them are or blind. Or a couple hundred. Or a couple hundred-yard retrieve on blinds. And yeah. I, I think this is another thing that needs to be understood of the commitment that it takes to – to have two dogs working in a respectful manner like that and honoring each other the way that these dogs do. And, and I'm not saying that a hiccup might not occur, but I haven't seen any, if one of a hiccup with the dogs and how many are there? Is it, is it something to where that's one of it's gotta be one of the most intricate details and parts of this business. I mean, they're your guys' best friends, obviously, but these are, these are high energy, high powered dogs. Huh, Jared? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They are. I mean, they, they, uh, Probably one of the most important parts of my hunt every day to save mm-hmm. game and not lose cripples and to entertain. Conservation I mean, tool. It's a, it's a conservation tool, and the hunters love to watch good dog work. Yeah. I mean, that's I, entertaining. I have had guides that come here that could really blow a duck call good, really kill ducks good, and put people on a lot of ducks. But when they say, Well, I don't need a dog. Well, you don't need the guide here then, because one thing, you're going to be so tired and so sore that you won't be able to walk after about seven days of shooting 30 yeah, every morning. That. Plus, it's the entertainment for your guests. I mean, our clients, they love to watch it. They oh, love to work, watch good dogs work. You know? it's, it's, it, it really is kudos to you, kudos to you guys, because... I, I get the that's hunt kudo, a lot. That's kudos and poodles. Kudos and poodles. <laughs> you, I get to lot watch a lot dogs. of dogs work. And you see a lot of higher, you know, we all work with Brad Arrington at Mossy right. Pond. Uh, we've had dogs like Axel and Mo down here before, and he's unbelievable. He works with you guys. Um, but these dogs down here, to me, are doing things different because there's no dry land hunting here. If there is, I don't know about it. They're swimming nonstop. And then the other part of the dog thing that that could potentially, in my opinion, cause a, a, a client or a potential client to say, no, thank you, is they're are no outside dogs allowed into honey break right. correct right tell me about that and why that decision was made well uh <clears throat> the main reason i mean everybody loves their dog everybody um thinks their dog is the best and so it's nothing i mean you can talk about a man's wife you start talking about his dog it's really going to insult him and so uh, nothing against them but i'm, I'm i had a uh, a guy that had a, a four-time grand champion dog and my dog wasn't even a grand champion but about the third duck that we lost uh you know that's that's going back on us. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a um, risk, you know, of getting a ticket for wanton waste, and we just we don't have any we don't have any kind of liability like that. So, uh, even though his dog was four time grand champion, seeing five hundred decoys blew his mind. Being brushed in blew his mind. Hearing seven guns go off blew his mind. So he spent most of his life in a, on a trailer. He'd go out and make four retrieves with a popper, and we hit that. You know, take them, boys, and seven guns go off. You know, <laughs> and so it's it's nothing against the dog personally. Uh, it's just he doesn't have that OJT. 
than our dogs have. So it's um, number one. I mean, you don't want you don't want a dog that's going to be out there running around the decoys, the guys hollering and all that kind of stuff uh, while you're trying to work ducks in. You know, because the other people in the blind they're they're coming here wanting to want to enjoy the hunt as well. You know, so and then a lot of times, like we talked about today, you know, they want to you need to socialize them. You need to get them used to that ramp. You need to get them used to the steps. You need to get them used to being you know all the decoys. I mean, you think about what that dog, that dog's looking at when he's swimming through all the decoys. Amazing. I mean, you can't but see the anything. other part of it is that usually a handler will have to be up at a vantage point with his right. hands up in the air with something that's visible to the dog. Right. And you guys barely put any even inflection in your voice. So that tells me one thing is that the hours in the off season are tremendous because you guys are all you guys have this chemistry with these dogs to where you can just go one whistle. Oh, there's lots of things that, that happened today that you that you didn't pick up on. But Jared, I did uh, with the dogs because it uh, with with Storm. I, I can. It takes Jared about a month and a half to two months to get all the bad habits that I put into him during hunting season, <laughs> because I want him to go out there and get that duck and come on back, you know. So uh, uh, there's lots of things that 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 we picked up on. <clears throat> excuse me, that we picked up on that he did today that was not, that would not be he would be getting trained on this this summer. How good of a dog is Storm, Jared? He's he's one of the best you want to stand by, day in and day out. He's good at all of it, but he is a handling machine. I mean, I can thread needles with him. I can run keyhole blinds and things that are just. He'll go the first day any, anywhere you want him to go in the competition world, and he's a great duck hunting dog too. But I mean, as far as the, in the competition, running blinds, he's a great marker, but he just handles so well. He can he. He don't get himself in trouble. He's a thinker is what I call it. He's a little slower paced, and he's just a real thinking dog. He keeps himself out of trouble, and you can just handle him anywhere you want to put him. I mean, it's literally I've had him in places where pro trainers say, it's no way you couldn't pull that dog that way in a crosswind with a D9 cat. He'll take the cast. You know how to give it to him. He'll, he'll take it. <laughs> so you know the story behind So my dog Cash died in uh, August. Well, September's teal and dove season so i didn't have time to go uh, get a puppy and train an elk i had to have a, a finished dog so we, we got on the horn told jared and jared started looking around and uh found a found storm and um he'd been mostly field tried he'd never been hunted a lot and so so well i'm gonna take him dove hunting you know kind of you know let him bond with me and this that and other <laughs> first dove hunt jared's across the field probably what 400 yards over there yeah uh him and madden and colby was over there and uh, they play playing around, you know, shooting a few doves. Well, I tack pulls up behind me. So, you know, old storms up in my lap because he'd been spent most of his life on a truck. He's just oh rubbing his belly. I mean, we're bonded. All of a sudden, dove comes in, boom! I drop him about thirty yards out there, and at the same time, Jared had shot one of that tree line over there. I'm like Mark, you know, come back. I've been around a lot, so I'm like Mark, and boom! I shoot. <laughs> he sees Jared's Mark. Seen him out there, storm. Like, yeah, look at my dog. Look at my dog. Right on past that 30 yard one. I was like, whoa, hey. Chad Tack was like, hey, man, you might want to get your dog. I said, what in the world is he doing? Straight across the field, picked up Jared's dove, came on back, lined back up, went and got the short bird. <laughs> he went for the long bird first. I was like, well, I, was, I wasn't set up for that. <laughs> Not used to that. It's just a stud, though. How did you find it? Y'all kill any doves out there? I got the whole field covered. <laughs> I got them all. <laughs> just come over here. I got a bucket. Everybody's got a pile over here. <laughs> 
How did my you... dog Jesse used to do that. <laughs> and I didn't tell him to do that. He just went and picked up everybody's ducks. <laughs> how does an owner of Storm give them up? How do you find a dog like that and have he somebody had, that's even willing to sell them or get rid of it? He had so many dogs with the trainer, and uh, he was wanting uh, a field trial dog, and, and there was a chance for Storm to, to go the distance, but it was a chance versus a, a sure thing. So I said, I'll take one of those dogs any day. How, so that's just pure lucky, though, to find to get mm-hmm. this good of a dog. Yep. He's impressive. Mm-hmm. Why do they call him? Why is his nickname Thor? <laughs> that would be you. <laughs> <laughs> Thor. That's an awesome name for a dog. Yeah, I mean, I, this one's named Storm. <laughs> maybe next. It maybe might be. It, it might what be that. I'll talk a little fast. Storm. 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 Thor. Thor. Yeah, man, guys. I don't. I don't know how, what to say other than just it's like a playground here. It's a. It's a duck hunting. Just memorable playground that just from running a boat on it, you feel cool being down here in this environment. Is I mean, Leith, it's just different. I know you get to come down a lot, but for somebody that's never been here, you got to try it. It's a different, a different deal. Even the drive in on the levee road. I mean, it's like, man, where are we going? And, and then you get to the bridge, and you're like, look at this log. Where did this come from? Yeah, where did this come from? Don't it's pass just, the turn. It's a base. I mean, it's really, and I don't. I, I want people to have an understanding of what it took to get here. And I know you guys are still growing, and and what you do for youth and kids camp and education and 4-H and political stances that you guys take, and and going to Washington D.C. and and getting women involved, getting so many new people involved in the outdoors, hosting corporate groups, summer events that you can that you guys. I mean, your media department here in the Confluence Group and all of the PR stuff that you guys are doing. I mean, you guys are kicking the heck out of a lot of different parts and segments of this industry plus others. And you guys have a lot of strong partners in Benelli and Federal and 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 boat companies and dog food companies and Realtree Camouflage. You guys have a cuisine. You guys do dinners year-round. You have crawfish boils. I mean, you have Shelly who cooked squirrel for Leith and I yesterday that blew our mind. I mean, it's one of those places to where if you haven't been here, you have to get here. You have to look at it as you can't afford not to go save up it's not that much it's it's not cheap but it's worth every penny so i think that's why you have guys from every different you know range of livelihood and and income and revenue here to experience it because once you're here you're hooked and it's amazing so what you guys have done i think people need to understand that man the uh, thousands and thousands of of hours of equity you know sweat equity and, and grease that go into this Right. So it's so for for you to run that many hunters on that much success with no mistakes and you know not even a Polaris breaking down or getting stuck, which I know that happens. But it's the 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 maintenance of the boats and how well everything is maintained and taken care of. I mean, I don't know what to say other than it's very impressive. So. I appreciate you guys rolling out the red carpet for us. We love our partnership and in relationship with Honeybreak. I I don't know even how to explain everything that you'll experience when you're here. I don't know if you went to Wikipedia and you could write what you're getting ready to experience here because it, <laughs> even from the four wheeler ride in to the boat rides in, like I said, that's where the name of our show came from. The experience. Uh, so I, I, you know what we're gonna call the show is uh, we might as well call it Honeybreak Experience because just getting to the blinds and experience. Yeah, you know, it's. Really We've gotten is. a lot better getting the blinds, though, Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> we, we still have fun, but that's what people like. What are you like. thinking about right now, Moffy? You're looking at me like you're, I'm not even here. Like you're only thinking about tomorrow's hunt right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm thinking about probably, 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 probably got to move decoys this <laughs> yeah. afternoon. He thinks I can't tell that he wants me to shut the hell up. <laughs> you remember, right you remember watching that yellow little yellow dog this morning pile all them decoys? That's the, got got, that's the first thing he said. We got back. That's the first thing he said. We got in the boat, and I was taking him out. He goes, well, we're going to spend this afternoon fixing the decoys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. But I'm, that was nice. I'm he pretty has. sure there's a sinker on my end because I shot a cripple over yeah. there. All right. What's the website? Honeybreak.com. Honeybreak.com. Honeybreak experience on the Real Tree, Real Tree 365 app available right now. Brand new episodes. Check out Honeybreak at the NWTF convention, February 15th, the weekend of February 15th, 2020, Nashville, Tennessee at the Gaylord Opry Center. Leith Lofton will be there with us. We are going to have Leith in the booth. And he will be selling mm. duck calls for Jargon, I believe. He's a commissioned salesman for Deemer Box as well. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's, he's uh, low on a commission. Uh, we're waiting on that check. And then Leith and Brent Cobb will be jamming at our party on Saturday, February 15th at Whiskey Bent with old Bobby Johnson and Barrett Hobbs. Thank you guys so much for what you do. But Honey Break, everything they do, guys, girls, get here, save up, bring your family. Bobby get Johnson's going to get in here this year. Bobby Johnson's come with John Party. He he's, told me he's yesterday. Come, he's coming at the yeah. very uh, duck season closes on the 26th, and they're coming in the 27th. For deer. For deer. Which is crazy to me. Why would you not come here for both? I'd have come a couple he days couldn't early. couldn't get here. Couldn't he, get here. He usually comes this week. John blew up a little bit, huh? Got a little dirt on my boots. I mean, he's got oh, some hits, he's buddy. Doing it. He's doing it. He's, he's doing a, it. He's got a few songs, I know. I remember eight, nine years ago when you first brought John Party into our <laughs> booth at NWTF, and he sang that song, I'm always picking up what I can't put down. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this cat's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Not yeah. better than Lee's Loft and John Party. Let's just keep that in the back of our mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> Honey break. Oh. Guys, girls, thank you guys so much for listening to the Foul Life Podcast. Today's episode, again, was brought to you by Banded, Honey Break, and Jack Link's Jerky. Please support the partners and sponsors that support our TV shows, our podcast, our social media, and our live events. Please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a rating and review. Thank you to Honey Break. Thank you, Jared Moffitt. Thank you, Drew Keith. Thank you, Leith Lofton, a.k.a. Haas. You guys be on the lookout for Leith Lofton's new album. I believe it's going to be called Taken on Water, but don't quote me on that because he might change it and call it something like F uh, something Ridge with my buddy Drew. (laughs) But y'all be on the lookout. Leith Lofton, the one and only. His songwriting is second to none. Brent Cobb told me on this, not on this podcast, but on our sister podcast, This Life Ain't for Everybody. Don't quote me, but it's something like... Leith Lofton is a genius. Leith Lofton is a character. And Leith Lofton would be a legend if he would put his mind to it. And you can go and listen to it right now. That's coming from Brent Cobb, who is arguably Leith. And tell me if I'm wrong, one of the best songwriters ever born, or at least living in, in, in America today. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. And, he, and Leith said that Brent Cobb will go into the Hall of Fame before Stapleton does. Really? Yes. And he writes, his songs are amazing. And he said that about Leith Lofton. So get ready for Leith's new album, guys. Girls, thank you guys so much. Tom Rashashim please hit that button this is 2am logic the song is called my foul life you can buy it on itunes right now appreciate all the support